Welcome to Keeping It Hundo. I'm your host, Maddie Hundo. Today's guest is Gary G. Baby Hamilton. He's a University of Miami graduate, professional basketball player for the last 15 years. He's currently playing in Ibaraki, which is a town about an hour outside of Tokyo. He's been in Japan for the last 10 years playing over there. He married a Japanese woman, has a couple kids. This definitely wasn't the life Gary planned growing up in South Central Los Angeles. He went to a Crip High School, Crenshaw, the place Daryl Strawberry put on the map. He went to a Blood High School, Dorsey High, the school that Jessica Chacon put on the map. But he started basketball late, so he wasn't getting offers from all over the country like some of our previous guests. But he ended up at University of Miami, and he paved the way for his younger brothers. He has three brothers who are significantly younger than him that all played big-time college basketball. Jordan played at University of Texas. Daniel played at University of Connecticut, UConn. And Isaac played at UCLA. He's the only one that stayed home. They were spread out all over the country, the Hamilton brothers. And actually two of them made it to the NBA. Jordan was a first round pick, played for the Nuggets, and Daniel played for Oklahoma City. They're all playing overseas now, and Jordan has joined Gary over in Japan. They don't play on the same team, but they play in the same league. They also play in the famous Drew League out in LA probably the premier summer league in the country. You got the Drew League and you got Rucker Park and you got Dykeman, places like that, but legendary summer league. A league where guys like Kevin Durant and Kobe Bryant have showed up at and played in. So we talk about the Drew League, we talk about his time at University of Miami, we talk about his time overseas. He's played in several different countries, Uruguay, Germany, Poland and of course Japan where we talk about some Japanese whiskey, some food, and of course we talk about his days as an SDC model, that Snoop Dogg collection. Now Gary's 6'10", so he's one of the tallest models you'll ever see. But the things I remember about Gary from University of Miami is he always had a smile on his face. I was already graduated when he came in but I was still around, I was still living near campus, still working out at the gym, playing ball there. So I'd run into him quite a bit. We had some mutual friends. I had younger friends who were on the team still with him. Gary was always in a good mood. He's always joking. Such a good dude. Type of dude you wanna run into on campus because you'll always be in a good mood after you see him. And you could always tell the West Coast guys on campus they walked a little different. Guys like Mike Simmons, who's been on the podcast before, that's why we call him smooth. The way he walked across campus, it's like they glide, they shuffle. Guys from up north, we're on a mission. We're trying to get somewhere. It's usually cold out where we're from, so we're in a rush. People would always tell me how fast I walked to class. They'd watch me walk. And I know Elton was the same way. He'd, he'd walk fast. But these Southern guys and these West Coast guys, they would be shuffling the class. And that's how G-Baby is. He's got a few nicknames. He got G-Baby, Lurchy, and who knows what his Japanese teammates call him. I'm sure they got something for him. But this man is a Japanese national now. That is something for a guy coming from South Central to be a Japanese national living and thriving in Japan. 
I am definitely looking forward to getting back to Japan and hanging out with this dude. He's the big bro of the Hamilton brothers, the famous basketball playing Hamilton brothers family. G-Baby paved the way for them. And I gotta commend his parents. Raising all those kids in a tough environment, they deserve a lot of credit because all of those kids are having success and Gary's such a good dude. And from what I hear, so are the rest of them. He's a professional basketball player. He's the Black Miles Plumley. He's a Snoop Dogg collection model. He's a father. He's a husband. And he's a Japanese national. But don't get it twisted. He's so LA. This is my conversation with G Baby, Gary Hamilton. to the states it's a little bit under control the people here listening everybody yeah. will, everybody wears masks everywhere i mean they were already wearing them over there that was, that was just, you, you've been here before so that was just normal before the covid like people was walking around with masks just walking around with masks i mean that's just their thing yep you know what i'm saying so that was that yes sir so what are we smoking over there keeping it a hundo with maddie b my Damn humidifiers, man. This, the air out here is so dry. I got two of them over here. I don't like the dry air. I ha I get nosebleeds. Kills me. My skin just breaks out. Like, I be getting a chapped face. People get chapped lips. But my black ass be getting chapped face. That's all over Japan? Or is that, like, in the region yeah, you're in? Like, it was, that was, like, the second thing. that Like, the COVID is under a state of emergency. And then the dry air is in here, too. Like, be cautious. It's in the weather report. I didn't even know it was like that there. Yeah, me either. I didn't know what was irritating. I've been here for 10 years, and I didn't know what was irritating my skin for that long. But I've got these humidifiers, and they saved my life. I didn't know if you had a hookah or you were smoking oh, some good stuff. I do, I do, I do a hookah, and that loud is highly illegal over here, man. I thought so. Yeah, it's bad over here to get on that, and, 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 and it's going for about 70 a gram. So if you was able to get it over here, you would make a killing <laughs> most definitely but I don't know if it's worth it paying for the risk it's tough to find that you paying for that risk but I'm like I don't know if anything's worth that so you had games this weekend we had games this weekend we won two games played my former team Yamagata which is uh, located north of Japan and um, now I'm in Ibaraki which is like mm, a little not not central Japan, but it's closer to Tokyo. Yep, I'm like about an hour outside of Tokyo. You were down in Kyoto before? Yeah, well, actually, that's where I have a house at, and that's where my family is. So I'm down in um, Kyoto, and I uh, bought a house there four years ago. And I got married four years ago, so yeah, playing here 10 years and then living here uh, year-round the past four years. Okay. And where's your wife from? She's from... Um, Shiga, so it's about a 20-minute drive right outside of Kyoto. Yep. Yeah, Shiga, yeah. Actually, my brother's playing for the um, professional team there, and that's ironically the first team I played for when I first came to Japan 10 years ago. I did see your brother was playing there. Uh-huh. Um, which, which one? Uh, Jordan, the one under me, so we're six years apart. Yep. He was the one that uh, drafted in the first round in 2009, yep. 2010. 2010 draft. He played four years in the league. 
let's let's break down your family dynamics. So that's one of the most interesting things about you is you have one of the most prolific basketball families, you know, ever really. I mean, there's only been I was looking it up. There's only been a couple there was one family that had four brothers that played in the NBA. The Jones family. Okay. Uh, Caldwell Jones and Charles Jones. They were playing when I was growing up in the 80s. Oh, okay. Some big, some big guys. And they had two brothers who I didn't remember the brothers, but I remembered Caldwell and Charles. And okay. then other than that, you're looking at like, you know, a bunch of uh, the, the Antetokounmpo's. Antetokounmpo's, the holidays. The holidays. So there's three of each of them. Recently. But uh, I, that's oh, it. I couldn't find any more three brothers that played. Oh, three brothers. Uh, the Zeller brothers. Luke Zeller, Cody Zeller, and Tyler Zeller. Hold up. All three played in the NBA? All three. And uh, the oldest, the eldest brother actually played with me my first year in Japan. Oh. And, and he, Japan to the Suns. And he played, and he got picked up with the Suns for a year in 2010. And then he retired after. I forgot about that's Luke, right? Uh huh. Yeah, he went I, to uh, Notre Dame. Luke went to Notre Dame. I forgot about him. I went to North Carolina, and Cody went to Indiana. Indiana. Yep. So you guys spread it out all over the country at big schools. You were at uh, Miami. Daniel went to UConn. Jordan went to Texas. And Isaac. Isaac went to UCLA. I mean, I think it was more so. Um, we always we always pushed each other despite uh, despite our age gaps. Um, obviously, they're closer to each other than I am. But um, yeah, that's just one thing I emphasized. I was like, I'm getting out the house. I was like, I'm out of here. I, but I, I wanted to go somewhere where it wasn't snowing. But I wanted to go somewhere that it wasn't home. So I got away to the first place possible, like straight coast to coast. Yep. Coast. Were you getting recruited? Say what? What you sipping on? I'm sipping on a little Japanese whiskey to keep it, you know? All right, let me go ahead and grab something too. I'll be chopping it up here. And it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I know, that's why I was going to say, like, sip something with me, but it's 10 a.m. over there. Uh, Mondays is my day off, so you ain't saying nothing but a word. (laughs) I get get started early. I get on some of this Japanese whiskey too. What do you got? I got Nika coffee grain. I just can't get with coffee, but I got um. No, it's not coffee. I, it's not coffee. Oh, I thought you said coffee grain. I did, but it's just the name of it. It has no coffee or any coffee flavor oh, in it or anything. Kind of suspect. You got me worried. It's one of those real good Nika Nika uh, whiskeys. I do uh, mess with Nika. I do mess with that, and actually, it's on a rise. It's on a rise out here, um, because uh. The one, damn, I forgot the name of I don't even want to get into it, not even knowing the specifics on it, but one of them, the, the, the distilleries just stopped making it, and there's only like a few thousand bottles left. To find it is, they go, okay, yeah, Japanese whiskey is. Yeah, it's, t- I, I, it's I, tough to get I, over I, here still. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of my favorite whiskeys. Like, I'm not a big American whiskey drinker. I mean, you know, uh, Johnny Walker... The higher end Johnny Walker's is cool, but yep, yep. can't really get with can't really get with it. But this is a um, it's a Suntory. This is like one of the cheaper ones, but is it that Toki? Suntory Toki? Suntory Toki, yeah. Yep. Okay. You know what you saw? Oh, yes, sir. Brother, 
Salud. Good to see you. Been a long time. So Gary was, you were a freshman when I was like probably two or three years out of college, but I still had friends there. But my guy was uh, Danny Miragovic. Yep. Disco Dan, that's my guy. 210 Disco Dan. 210 Disco Dan. And I remember you, uh, him and um, Paulo. You guys yep. was real. That was y'all crew. Yep. And uh-huh. I, so I want to tell you my first couple memories of you uh-huh. is that the first time I ever saw you on campus, because I was, I was tight with Danny. I was tight with Marcus Bonds. I was okay. tight with... Um, you know, Brandon O'Pollaby, Mike Simmons, Elton Tyler. So some of the guys were there when you were there and some of the guys were already gone. But they were, um, they would tell me, I'm like, who are the freshmen coming in? You know what I mean? And they're like breaking everybody down for me. They tell me about you. Oh, this, this real cool dude from, from South LA. And, and Mike Simmons was like, yeah, he's from out where, near where I'm from and all that. So he's like, he gotta be cool. And then I see you on campus one day. I remember it was at the, um, there's like a cul-de-sac and it's like behind the student center. Uh-huh. It's like where there's like a post office in the little convenience store there at the UC. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. And you were walking through there and you had on Snoop Dogg collection. <laughs> you always were rocking the Snoop Dogg back your first yeah. year. I represent for the West Coast. Yep. I had something. The SDC. Uh-huh. That's funny. And I gave uh, Danny a big-ass pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Uh-huh. That is funny. Yep. But, and then, uh, and then the, other, the other thing I remember is I used to see your, well, maybe like once or twice your freshman year. I don't know how many times they came out, but your mom and your brothers at the games. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing all these little kids, and I'm like, look at these little kids. There's so many of them, all these brothers. Yeah, they'll come out. They'll come out annually, and you know what I'm saying. I kicked it off like whatever sport I would have played, I felt like they would have played. And I just think that like those little small experiences for them, because we we was tight, like we're a tight knit family, you know, and like we all cool. So like even like at, at that age of them running around the campus and seeing that, like I I think I'm just normalized it. You know what I mean? Like my, neither my parents went to college, but for them to see that, they was like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, at the time, Jordan was uh, probably going to be a freshman in high school around my junior, senior year. And he was just having those experiences on campus. You know what I'm saying? Hormones raging, seeing all the girls walk around and everything like that. He was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely for me. So, you know, I, I'm proud to say I was the first one to um, kick it off. Didn't really get an uh, NBA look. Like, I knew, like, early on that my future – was going to be a basketball and that it wasn't going to be like NBA most likely. So like I had in my mind made up that I was preparing to come play overseas. Now, did I think that I'd be playing 15 years later? No, you know what I'm saying? But man, it's been a wonderful journey and I'm just enjoying it and I'm going to ride it until the wheels fall off for real. I don't see myself stopping soon. You feel good? Body feels good? I feel good. You know, I always, I, it's funny because I was like 26, 27 saying, man, I play like a 40-year-old at that age. Like, I know, I was like, I know I can play until I'm 40 because I've never been like a butt or rim type of player. I've never relied on my athleticism. Yep. Like, I'm just, it's been all IQ and my frame, you know? So, so how many years older you are? You're six years older than your second brother, 
I'm six years older than my second brother, which is Jordan, 10 years older than Isaac, and 11 years and one day older than Daniel. Okay, so that's quite a difference between you guys. But you, like you said, you laid the foundation and gave them like a path for like, oh shit, we can go to college. Like, because your parents didn't go to college. And it's funny because it went outside of that. Because I have a cousin that went to the University of Buffalo and he graduated the same year as um, Isaac. And he plays, he's playing in Greece right now. And his his younger brother is one of the top prospects right now at UNLV, uh, Bryce Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? He's a uh, junior. He's the junior right now. He's on the draft board, like late second round right now. But it's is he a big? Going. Nah, all guards. My, you know what? I'm the only big. My pops was like, after he figured it out, I was like the test dummy. After he figured it out, he was like, nah, because they tried to put Jordan in the post just because he was tall. But yeah. it was like he was like the best shooter on his team. He could handle the ball. It's like, why should he be subjected to playing big and you know, so he caught on to that early, and they, he was able to. He was like, "No, nah, I'm putting you on a team that's gonna let you handle the ball, shoot the ball, basically do what you want to do." So that's, that really, that's uh, funny because your your skill set. I haven't seen you play in 20 years, but your skill set is like kind of more. You know, you, you're a passer. You know, you're not. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I grew up uh, growing up because I didn't start playing basketball until I was 16, and. Um, one of my best friends is Marcus Williams that went to UConn. Yeah, I remember him. Big, big point guard. Uh huh. Played in the league. Lefty played in yep. the league for a little while. I'm a year older than him, so I came off the football field and went to basketball trial. Like literally went to basketball trial off the football field. Quit playing football, and then he was a freshman. He was a freshman that was going to play varsity, and you know, uh, I went to Crenshaw High School, and it was going into my senior year. I was thinking. Because I loved that school and I had a great time, and that's where all my friends was. But I really had to make a, a mature decision to be like, do I want to further my career and really get my shit off, or do I want to stick around here and just be with my friends? You know what I'm saying? And it's rival schools too, on right. all aspects between like just sports, everything is competitive, but also gangs too. Yep. So I went from prep school to a blood school and. That's that was more that was more challenging than anything, just because coming from there, even if you're not a gang member, and it's the only time I caught flack about gang stuff because, like in the hood where I grew up at, if you playing sports and people know it, then you get a pass. Mm-hmm. Like you good, you good to go anywhere. But you know, kids are gonna be kids, and so I was associated as the crab nigga from Crenshaw you know what I'm saying so I was like damn and that because it, it was a lot of heat and it was it was just from the kids in the school like the adults and the people that was doing the real game banging wasn't wasn't tripping but the kids in the school was like nah yeah that's him he did something so that it was a tough month getting adjusted but it ended up working out well it ended up working out really well you know what I mean where in South LA did he grow up uh, like direct, like literally in South Central. Okay. Like directly in South Central, Third Ave, Martin Luther King. Yep. Born and raised, and uh, Crenshaw and Dorsey is only maybe ten miles apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot, a lot came with that, but it, like I said, it ended up working out well. Like the academics was was better 
than I expected for um, it to be a public school. And But the coach really helped me with becoming a man because he was just on my ass and everything like that. Dorsey's, like, Dorsey's more of like a football school, right? Yeah, Dorsey is a football school, and Crenshaw is a basketball school. Yeah, at least growing up when I when I was when I was coming up for sure. So a lot of big names out of there. Uh huh. Yeah, Eshawn Johnson. Yep. It's probably the biggest for sure, but yep. Dorsey High School, Susan Miller, Dorsey High School. Today's guest is Gary Hamilton. He played at University of Miami. Um, that's how I know him. And uh, he's currently playing over in Japan. He's in season 10 in Japan, did you say? 10 in Japan, 15 overall. Yep. You've also played in Germany, Poland. I played in Germany, Poland, and um, Uruguay. Yep. Uh, so I did want to talk to you a little bit about Uruguay. I went over there. I visited there two years ago, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. And, uh, you know, I wasn't there long, but... Uh, Quick trip. I thought I thought it was a cool place. What'd you think of your? Were you, were, you were you were in Montevideo. Yeah. Uh huh. The capital. Yep. And I was probably that's one of my uh, one of my favorite countries. You know, it's third world and everything like that. But one thing that they do have, and and just like I, I like about just the Spanish Spanish culture is is just the way they love. You know, those guys over there don't got much, but they got each other. Yeah, and I love. Real, like they. If you on the team, if you get on the team and you do your thing, like they really, really take you in as they own, and they just love you. Like I could feel like genuine love. That's the first time I felt love like that, like outside of my family. For real? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the people's coming up to you, hug and kiss. Like it was, it's just normal. Like you really a part of the family. And yeah. And you were you only playing like summers over there, or were you there for like the real season? Well, you know the seasons are, are flipped. That's what so. I thought. Okay. Yeah, so actually what I did was, um, so I was playing with Defensor, Defensor Sporting, DSC, and uh, so I got there, I, I, I probably, yeah, I got there early in the season, I didn't get there on start, I got there, got off to a slow start, then we got rocking, and um, we ended up going to the finals, Austin game seven, and I just had a bad taste in my mouth, so I was like, man, I don't want to leave until I win something, so I ended up... Uh, playing for the one of the Metro League teams. And so that's like the second division. And it was like, yeah, um, help us move up. So I was like, I'm not leaving here while win something. Like, I was, that was like the close, it was hard to get to a championship overseas, just in general. And like, that's the closest I've been since last year when we actually won it and it got stopped due to COVID. But just uh, getting that close and not finishing, I was, I was sick. Like, that was probably one of the biggest upsets or hurts that I felt, like, with basketball. So I was like, nah, I got to keep going. I'm going to help a team move up at least. That's the least I could do. If I went to the Metro League, and it was easy. We end up, and I end up helping move up. So I end up staying for 11 months. Ex- oh, uh, explain, to the, explain to the listeners, uh, some of them don't know how it works overseas with, like, the divisions, and you can move up from one league to another and all that stuff. Okay, yeah. So, like, with the lower divisions, try to move up to a um, to the to the big league or the, the more professional league. Uh, so the top, they'll take the top team from the second division, the champion from the second division to move up, and then the bottom team from 
the professional division or the first division will play like a relegation game. So some some leagues are different. But exactly. So there is last place team move down, first place team, second division moves up. And the motivation of these teams is you move up, you make more money, right? Make more money. The, the team up. makes more money, the players make more money. There's, yeah, the city gets uh, recognition and everything like that. So everybody's trying to hold on to that spot. And it's, it's, a, it's very rare that a, a second division team would beat one of the first division teams, which I hadn't really seen it in recent years. But it's, it's also very possible. You know, with that, it's not like football where the bigger, stronger, faster team is going to always win. You right. know, having one of those off nights or somebody just going crazy making shots, then you're susceptible to losing at any time, any place. So, yeah. Wasn't one of your other brothers playing down there too? Did he, in, did he play in Uruguay? No, Jordan, he played, it was Jordan. He played in South America, but not in Uruguay. Venezuela? Played, uh, Venezuela. He played in Venezuela and DR. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Time of his life. He said that was one of the more, more fun times that he's had in, uh, that, uh, in Venezuela and Dominica. Yeah. Really? Um, like he caught it like right at the tail end. Cause it's bad over there. I don't even think Venezuela have a lead right now. Yeah, yeah. It's civil war there. Things got bad while he was there, so and he was there and he left a lot of money on the table. Like he was just like, "Get me out of here," type of situation. So yeah, things got bad. So you get to play against him now. He's in your league, or he's in the. Uh-huh. He's, he's playing in, in the um, team where my uh, home, where my where I have my house at. But um, you know, crazy thing is, I w- I just got on my team in December. I was waiting around for my um for my passport. So with having the passport, I can play as a domestic player. Right. And, um, you know, it was a long process. It took me four years to get it. And, de- and it definitely just extended my career for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with having that, I was given his, like, it was in a place where my I played on that team before, and it is where my house is and where my family is. So I, I gave them first dibs. And they just didn't want to do the right thing financially. They didn't want to do the right thing with the money, so they gave me an offer that was just ridiculous for what. For what the, it's an advantage having me as a Japanese player, obviously. Right. You know, so they didn't do the right thing, so I opened up the negotiation. And then once they seen teams flocking, and they tried to come back around and do the right thing, and I just couldn't respect it, like because we could have got this done right away, and you know they didn't do so, so. You know, everything happened for a reason, though, and it's cool. And, and, my, and Jordan, he loves it here. So he says he's 30 right now, so he wouldn't mind retiring here and playing the next four or five years here, too, in Japan. Okay. So, you know, maybe next year something to happen, and we'll see if we can get connected. Exactly. But, uh-huh. You have um, Americans on your team right now? Uh-huh. I got um, my age is Abdullah Kuso. He went to uh, Gonzaga. And so he graduated, I think, uh, two, I graduated 2006, so he graduated 2007. Okay. And uh, um, A-list Tapscott, young boy, he's about 30, from Portland, went to the, uh, you know, uh, Port- he went to the uni- uh, University of Portland or Portland State. I'm I get sure. them confused, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and then I got Mark Transolini, Italian cat from Canada. Okay. Italian Canadian. Uh-huh. 
he went to a probably like a small D2 somewhere in the Midwest, I believe. Do you give those guys uh, any Snoop Dogg collection gear or nah? Nah, you know, they stopped manufacturing that. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I think I got the last of it. I, if I go dig up. You got to have some throwbacks, so. I can find a velour or something, you know. Uh, you had that velour that I remember that. I was wearing velour in Miami. You know how damn hot it was in that velour? I do, because I was too. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing my Sean John and my Fila velour. Man, that's wild. Yep. Um, yeah, talk about your time at Miami a little bit. Um, you played with some NBA guys at UM. You guys didn't have, you didn't have great teams, but you had, you know, solid teams. Excuse me. All good. Um, yeah, when you came in, James Jones was still there, right? James Jones, the champ. Big homie, yep. I played with James Jones, Darius Rice, um, Guillermo Diaz, Robert Hype, to name a few that got a crack at the league. Exactly. Those were the guys that got a crack. Um, Jack McClinton was a red shirt coming in. So, uh, yeah, those were the guys that that did something like league-wise. But I also played with guys like Ant King, yep. who's still playing. Where's he so, playing? What country is he in? Somewhere in Europe, somewhere. He's somewhere in Europe. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, actually, he played against my brother Isaac. They was in the same league in um, Cyprus. And I believe he's a he has a... Cyprus passport national like national player. Yeah, play for the Cyprus national team. Okay, he was over there. And I believe that this is last year, and he was gonna give it up. And I think he might be a Miami resident. Like my roommate uh, Eric Wilkins went to Oak Hill. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, but my time in Miami, man, it was a, it was a it was a blur for sure. It came and went, but I did have a time in my life, man. That was some of the most fun I've had. It was a great experience. You know, our teams, our, we never really, we went to the NIT twice, but just experienced uh, two of the greater conference in basketball history, the ACC and the Big East. Yeah, man. playing in both those, those tourneys. Man, those are some times that, yeah, just, yeah, priceless. That's the how I could describe it. It was priceless. It was priceless moments. You know, we was never playing for much or never, it, we was always in the, um, probably like the bottom half of things but just to just to see that competition and play against those guys and give you that motivation like oh i could do that i could do you know what i'm saying so not having that nba stamp but knowing i can go anywhere else and play against guys that played at lesser conference i think gave me like a more confidence no matter how much better they were than me or whatever i'm like nah i played the big yep big east like you know what I'm saying? I was giving that. I was, you know, you find anything to give yourself some self motivation, and that was one of them. I felt like the teams you played on were so god dominated that, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, they, like you're uh, playing on a team now where you're, they're probably like playing through you more, and uh-huh. they, they didn't do that at UM when you were there. The gods dominated the ball, and right. I mean, well, rightfully so, because I, I, I had so much to learn. Like I said, I didn't start playing until I was 16 anyway. So going into college, 17, turning 18. I was just there for the ride. I don't. I don't. I, I don't feel like I was supposed to be in that situation. Yeah. You know, coming out of high school, like I said, I started playing at sixteen. I signed. I signed my uh, letter of intent to go to Prairie View. Really? I, 
as soon as I passed my SATs and everything like that, I was just like, I'm going to college. That was my thing. Like, but were you I, getting I, recruited by other big schools? Like, uh, not at all. So what happened was my senior year, um, Mark Meyer Muir, rest in peace. He uh, passed away, but he was the AU guy that uh, he, he was a co-founder of Team Rockfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Danny used to coach with the Rockfish. Yeah, he did. He used to coach with Rockfish. Yeah, she sure did. So, uh, one of the founders came to my home, to my home, and sat down with my parents after I signed that letter of intent, and was like, "No, nah. well, I mean, because once I passed the SEC, it was like, all right, it was like open seat." And everybody was trying to, it was just quick and in a hurry. I was, I was a late, uh, I passed it late. So he came into my house and told my parents, he was like, <laughs> if, if it wasn't for this conversation, I would have had Winter Preview and never knew nothing about my aunt. But he said, he said to my father, he said, would you rather for your son to be on a bus eating peanut butter and jelly or... Would you rather for him taking uh, charter flights, eating steak and shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can see the comparison. And you know everything that's going on in the world right now. I, I like the way the, the young guys are standing up and giving um, uh, HBCU uh, uh, opportunity to have a chance at recruiting those guys. But I was the one. I was one of the dudes that was just like, I'm trying to go to college. And, you know, see some girls or something, you know. Get away from home. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about a future. Like I said, I knew my NBA future was very limited. It was going to be a very rare chance. So I was like, let me just go somewhere I know I'm going to have fun. So I was like, that was the only school I visited, and I had a good time. But it's no Miami. (laughs) (laughs) It was no Miami, for sure. It was no Miami. I'm sure uh, it isn't. I mean, I, I know a little bit about those HBCUs, especially down in Texas, but... Uh, uh, yeah. So my pops had that conversation, and uh, we went to the coach, hollered at him, and they was like, yeah, we knew we had a steal, and we're not going to hold you back, and they let me out of the uh, letter of intent uh, graciously, as they could have, you know what I'm saying? You signed it, they could have held me there. They could have held me hostage. They was like, we wouldn't even do you like that and not commit those. Let me be able to go out and broaden my horizon, be something that I would never have been able to see otherwise. How was your AAU program? Like, who was playing with you with Rockfish? Do you have like a bunch of big guys playing there or what? No. Oh, actually, the other big guy that I did have playing with me, it was me and him at the four or five, was Robert Swift. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drafted out of. Um, he got drafted out of high school. Isn't he from? Is he's not even from Cali, is he? No, nah, he's from Cali. He is. It, or, yeah, he is from Cali. He is okay. from Cali. Uh huh. He's from California, and you know he was uh, actually ended up playing here in Japan too. But oh, really? Yeah, he had a short uh, he had a short career in the NBA, and then came over here and did his thing for a little bit. But you know, you know how that go. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a different perspective for guys who thought they were going to be you know big nba players and they don't pan out they don't want to play in japan where a guy like you you're happy to be there for real right very happy to be here yeah humbly and graciously i'm having a great time here yeah Uh how's how's your brother taking it like going from the nba to japan is he, he you said he likes it but i mean is he like disappointed or 
Uh, no, he's not disappointed because he's been out of the league for a few years now. So, you know, probably early on, he was making up the girl. He probably had that resentment and probably was on his diva shit. But, you know, like I said, life happens and he's been humble and now he's here where, you know, you're going to here is a, is a country, you know, a, a lot of countries you go to in, like, Europe, a lot of guys sign those big contracts. And some of the time, a lot of those guys don't see all of their money Yeah, in, in some situations. But over here, you never have that problem. So, you know, he was a product of that in Europe, of signing a big contract and probably didn't get the last two or three months of his money where we, I'm telling him, if you come over here, he probably won't sign for as much but he's going to get 100% of it. So, you know, you'd rather take 100% of your salary than expect yeah, to get a just, they, they, they treat you with respect and they treat you as a professional. They, they, and Yeah, they're on the honor system. Mm-hmm. There's nothing going on. And, then, you know, the crazy thing about here, too, is it's night and day from a place like China. A, a lot of people mix up Japan right. and China right. all the time. I heard those right. crazy stories about Darius over in China. Uh huh. But even just going to visit China, things like, and culturally, it's oh, not yeah, the, the government is completely different there. Different, yeah, everything is different. So, and and China has so much. I mean, they have a couple big cities, but they have so many third world areas in China where Japan is all developed. No, Japan is all developed, and the environment is just conducive to how you want to live. You know, it's not, it's not like rural, even the rural places are not rural, like, you're going to have access to everything that you need and your Wi-Fi is going to be high speed and everything. Just the little things that uh, we take for granted over in America, you know, that's going to be taken care of. Yeah, tell me a little more about how you've adapted to the culture over there. You speak the language a little bit? I can get around. I'm not fluent. Yep. Uh, I, got two, I got two daughters and that's what gave me the motivation or really helped me pick it up faster. So, um, in applying for the in applying for the passport, you have to speak to the level of a six-year-old. Okay. They actually put you in there, and I have to take a test and everything like that. So just reading and writing, I can get around. But, man, this shit harder than college, man. That's what I was going back, going through that process. I was like, man, this is like going to school again. And yeah. like I said, it was a, it was a four-year uh, time period of going through all that stuff. And I was like, this is literally like going through college. <laughs> How's your right. wife and kids uh, English? Uh, my, so my wife is helps out. When I met her 10 years ago when I first got here, she didn't speak no English at all. That's crazy. Uh-huh. You know me, I would be able to finagle a little something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it with the ladies over here, you know. So uh, that, that helped out. But um, How'd you so meet her? Saw- How'd you meet her? I, I bet it's a good I- story. Okay, so story is, uh, so my second year in Japan, I'm playing for the uh, same team that I played for the, uh, my first year, so they signed me on another because I had a great season, and um, so every year they do like a tip-off party where like all the uh, spon- all the sponsors and the team uh, gather to drink together, you just they, uh, go back and forth handing out cards, and just, uh, you know, it's like a, 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 it's like a mixer, you know? similar to, like, a mixer with, like, just different businesses all under one umbrella. So, you know, uh, like, a lot of the women or just a lot of the people here are just uh, short, shorter. So I see about she five, eight with heels. On she looks body. tall. I thought she was tall. 
but with heels on, she hit me for about 5'11". And I'm like, damn, I ain't seen this many legs in Japan ever. Yeah. I was like, that's a whole lot of legs walking around here. So I go to my teammate, like, yo, who is that? And they're like, oh, yeah, this is uh, one of the sponsors' daughter. Because she wasn't, I'd never seen her last year. So I guess she was, uh, her parents just started sponsoring the team um, that year. So uh, they have a little family company. So they uh, was at the mixer. You know, and so I'm just like on her head the whole time, like, yo, what up? So I'm just doing any little silly thing, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, she don't speak no English, so I'm just out there just being silly, making her giggle and shit. <laughs> uh, so, uh, end up, she uh, came to a couple games, and so, uh, you know, they big, you know, everybody got, got a camera. Well, now with the camera phone, but that was like at a time and period where the iPhone, it was, it was like around iPhone two or three yeah but that's like just before like the camera phone really got advanced as like it was so everybody was walking everybody had a camera yep. you know that and everybody got a camera it's yep. like all right i'm not gonna say that i was gonna say <laughs> if you see, i was gonna say if you see asian people in america they always got that camera around of course their that was like one of the stereotypes growing yeah, up that, yeah that's why i was like all right forgive me y'all yeah, so that was before the camera. So she was at the uh, thing. She had a big ass camera taking pictures. So she developed all the pictures that she took from that night, and they handed them out separately to all the players that she took a picture with. Like after the game, you go around, you give a high five to all the fans. And so in my package, her uh, email was on the back of one of the pictures that I took with her. Okay. I was, okay. So end up emailing her a few times. She, she got you know the translator app. So we go out to dinner. She speaks no English. I speak no Japanese. And we there sitting there, Yakiniku. That's the uh, Korean barbecue that you cook yourself. Yep. Uh, we just going back on Google. I, I got a Blackberry at the time. So the translator is um, on there. We going back talking like that. So it's a silent dinner. We just reading. <laughs> we just reading each other texts. I've done this oh, before, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. We just read the text. Man, she's, I say she was just so persistent and hardworking person. Like, she just was, she just devoted herself to learning English. And so I would just sit there and just help her with English. And literally, that's how we would hang out. She cook, clean, and hang out. In return, I'd give her some English lessons, English lessons. <laughs> you already know that. <laughs> yep. I know, I know the languages you speak. You got a couple of them. Yeah, so you know, you know that love is a universal language. So yep. we had a good. That was that for real, for real. And the rest is history, and we've been together ever since, for real. That's dope. Uh huh. Um, what? How you doing with the food over there? I love, like, I'm a food guy, so oh, I went to Japan favorite, to eat. Favorite, what's your favorite Japanese food? It's got to be the sushi. Just like eating real good, like an omakase, just. The real deal. Like I went to the the uh, fish market, Toyosu okay. fish market, and did the five a.m. sushi breakfast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm allergic to shellfish. Oh, and that kills me because and you know the way they just plate stuff over here. It's not all the time necessarily as good as it looks. They make that shit look good all these times. Like the food here looks like the picture. I love you it. You know you and be like, damn, that don't look like the picture. The food here look like the picture on the menu. Food's colorful. They do a great job plating it, man. They do a great job plating this food, but I do regret having that allergy. 
because they just make that shit look so damn good. But, but you eat, do you eat like fish and stuff? You eat like raw no, fish? I can, I can get the sashimi and the tunas and okay. the salmon, all that. That otoro and the uni, that's my thing. Okay. Yep. You can't eat uni probably, right? Nah, I can't mess with that. It's, it's yeah. Nah, I got the allergies rolling with that, but my favorite dish is the um, shabu shabu, so mentioned yaki nigu but the shabu shabu is like opposite of that we cook the meat in the water yep kind of like a hot pot type of thing you take like that shaved steak and you put it into the hot yeah uh uh-huh exactly and it's that piece that thin piece of meat uh pause is looking like like a marble or something like that i love the marbling in the meat over there the a5 wagus Uh and all that Uh, and and that's just regular here you know, I see people in the States raving about that, and I'm like, and I'm looking at the ticket on it at the States, but you can get that over here at a at a family restaurant. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. But that's another thing about here, too. They're not just putting anything in the food. Like, you know what you're getting, and it's going to be fresh. Yep. They're throwing shit out. They're not trying to save money. They're they, they trying to take care of their people. Like, yep. not just I go home and eat some stuff, and I'll be feeling like I'm on a fucking cheap-ass cruise sometime. My stomach be feeling like after eating some food from, uh, like, going back home, you know? So, yeah, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. How about, how about ramen? Shit is regulated. No, yeah, I do. I love the ramen, too. I love ramen. ramen. But I like the udon, too. So, I got so Udon's many great. So many different cuts of noodle. Yep. You got the ramen. You got the udon. Ah, uh, soba. <laughs> Soba, you got the soba, and so uh, how you like the soba for the cold soba? It's my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah the cold I, soba. I like cold soba and the raw egg, you know. You got to be in the mood stuff. for it. It's not like something I want to eat all the time, but yeah, yeah, exactly. You find a good one that you really really like, and you can get with it. But um, it's like stuff that I never would have thought to have that I would have been eating. Like I say, like raw egg and cold noodles, I would have been like, because when I first got here, I was even like hell no nah, for a long time. Yeah, and it's like can't say hell no nah until you try it and just being um culturally respectful i was like all right i'll try it and i stumbled across some stuff that i just love now don't get me wrong i don't mess with everything but they got some good stuff i love it i i, I want to go back just to eat uh-huh let's get back into the alcohols uh you were talking about you had the uh the nigga whiskey what else um what what japanese uh whiskey do you like do you mess with any of the um Sakes or sochus. I'm not really into either of those, to be honest. I'm more into. I like. I like brown liquor. Brown, yeah. So that yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't. Sake's okay. I had. Oh, hibiki. You know hibiki. Yep. On my birthday, I went to. uh, You ever heard of Zuma? Zuma. I heard it. What? Yeah, I heard this. Yeah, it's like a. It's like an upscale Japanese restaurant. It's in the U.S. It's in London. No, I've heard of it. Yeah, okay, so there's one like right across from where I live. Um, okay. In Brickell. Have you been in back to Miami in the past 15 years? No, in the past 15 years? Yeah, I have been back to Miami in the past 15 years. I hadn't been back like in the past. I probably was there like last time, like five years ago, maybe. Okay, so you know you know what Brickell looks like now? Do you know anything about Brickell? Yeah. Okay, so like when we were in college, Brickell wasn't anything. Yeah. Nothing. And I li- I've been living in Brickell for like 11 years now, and it's like. I mean, tons of restaurants around here and high rises and all types of stuff. So there's oh, a Zuma okay. right there. So for my birthday, I went there uh, a couple weeks ago and I had the Hibiki Harmony all night and that stuff. 
That's that's yeah. what I recommend because you can get Hibiki Harmony over there for probably really cheap. Okay. Because yeah, it was. I'll look into that for sure, for sure. That that's my new favorite one. Uh huh. I would say I send you a bottle, but you can't you can liquor through the mail, you know. You can't, right? Can't send uh, nah. liquor tobacco. Like you got the extra tax on it. That shit through, but if I come back to the uh, if I come back that way this summer, if we uh, ever in a mutual place, we can talk about it. I'll go ahead and grab you something. Absolutely, I would I would love that. It's tough to find stuff over here. Right, right, right. No, I could imagine. I could imagine. So it, I was gonna ask you in Uruguay, did you mess with the uh, the smoke? Because I know like it's legal down there, like here. Yeah, it, I was there when it got legalized, and so I had a. Um, it, I was messing with a couple of uh, bartenders that was cool and just hanging out with. And it was like a bar right across the street from my apartment. <clears throat> but they did have some good stuff, like you know, and it was like home, home grown. Like guy just home, home grown, and like when I say they love you, they'll come drop a pack off on you. Like yo, here you go, enjoy yourself. Yeah. You, oh yeah. When they was testing, they wasn't testing for that kind of like what the NBA is doing right now, but. Yeah, it was it was quite delightful, I would say. Did and you mess with it? No, I didn't. I don't smoke. Oh, okay. But okay. um I know that it was legal over there and my friend I was with um okay. you know, we were walking around checking out the shops and stuff. Uh, 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 and uh and the other thing over there is the meat. They're all about oh, meat. And they uh, big on like barbecue and stuff like that too. That asada. Yep. They go easy for the asada, yeah. I like yeah. I like the the morcia, the 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 blood sausage, all that stuff. It, Sweetbreads, uh huh. I like yeah. all that stuff. We was doing that, and it, it, I was playing on a winning team, so we was doing that after every big win. So uh, barbecues two, twice a month, twice a month, we would just have a big ass barbecue in the um in the team's uh, facility, the yep. team facility, big ass like brick oven. Yep, and then throw the barbecue on there. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. about what about the racial component? Like walking around Japan, you stick out like a sore thumb. Like I stuck out over there, so you stick out like uh, yeah, six nine, six nine, two seventy. I'm not gonna get nothing but just. Look. I mean, and then the people here they so cool. Yeah, but they, they also could be very very dramatic. They could be very dramatic. So I mean, like I'm walking in the train station at 11 p.m. catching the last train. And you just see everybody's gonna clutch their purse and or go the other way or just put their head like it's kind of like socially awkward and they're not aware of what they're doing. They're just they just hadn't seen it before. It's just, I'm just something they hadn't seen before. Like up close, you probably seen something on TV. But yeah, so I get it. I, I, get it. I noticed over there they're kind of um, they're reserved to the point where like they weren't staring much. They weren't like girls weren't making eye contact and like guys weren't like I don't know it's like they they stay to themselves very not, much they're, they're, social, they're socially awkward for sure yeah they're very awkward but but they're very very helpful if you can get one that wants to uh you know I mean if you if you need help with like a taxi or something or lost or something like that and you track them down and you get their attention they'll help you yeah sure. not not rude at all not rude at all but they're definitely trying to avoid they're trying to avoid it you know? Yes. If, if it comes down to it and they have to help you, then you're going you're gonna to get help for sure. So I was wondering, when you were playing over in Germany or Poland, did you have any issues over there? Because I'm aware of some stuff in Poland. I mean, they're, they're heavy neo-Nazi stuff going on in Germany and Poland now. Yeah, no, I had... Uh, actually, 
I got into a brawl in Germany where uh, it was me and my two other teammates, and we was just leaving the club drunk, nor uh, just a regular normal night drunk, and about and, and about four Turkish dudes came out of nowhere. Five, I'm talking about five, six, five, seven, and height. Come hit the turn the corner, it's just loud, just loud. We leaving the club, and they just on the street loud. And so all you hear is Tupac, Tupac, yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and, uh-huh, and then my partner, my teammate, Goofy, laughing, yeah, Tupac. Are they are and they then, all black dudes you were with, or you were with German dudes? Oh, yeah, two other black dudes. Two other black, me and two other black dudes. And so one of them was like, yeah, nigga. <laughs> and then my partner was like, what? And then kind of mushed them in the face. And when I say they was looking for a fight, they was looking for a fight. My man pushed them in the face. And that four Turkish dudes turned into 12 Turkish dudes. And I'm talking about dudes coming out of nowhere. So we out there just scrapping. Three on 12, just scrapping. And that's what we wanted to do. So I'm in here with a tussle. My back is against the fence. I'm tussling with a guy. I'm tussling with another guy. And I turn around. I look over my shoulder. And all I see is a dude come with a broken broomstick handle. Wop. Crack my shit. You can see the scar right there. Yep. I mean, you know, this is the audio, but crack my shit. My shit started leaking. I got in the car. I was done for the night. <laughs> I got in the car and just started looking at it. My partner's finished going at it. And that was what it was. It was one police officer, a German police officer. But he was by himself. And when I tell you I'm looking at this dude eye to eye and he saw what was going on, he's like, it's nothing he could do by himself. He just kept it pushing. <laughs> he drove, no siren, no nothing. He just kept it pushing. I was like, yeah, the night the, was over. The Turkish in Germany are like the hood dudes there. They're like oh, the immigrant hood I dudes. Know. I don't know what was going on. But the crazy part about it was we went back to the club, that club the next week. And all them dudes was just cool with us. It was the same <laughs> dudes. It was cool with us. So that's how they were just literally looking for a fight. Like, yeah. they just wanted to fight. So I was like, all right, I get it. What city were you in? I was in, uh, that That happened in Frankfurt. Okay. That happened in Frankfurt. But I was playing for a team in Giesen, which is like an hour away. So, you know, you got to make that drive. To you know, go do something. Uh-huh. You living in a country where there's nothing going on. Yeah. It's like, you got to keep your sanity. You got to take that hour trip. Yep. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about the Drew League a little bit. Okay. Uh, how many years you been playing in that? Drew League. I, uh, actually, the first time I ever played in it was my junior year because of Marcus. Marcus' dad used to take us up there to go play with the adults. So, at the time, it was like in a little junior high school that had not even no stands. It was like literally a gym with a basketball court. And if you step, if you walk up the steps and take three steps, you're on the court. Yeah. You know, you know how junior high school did, man. Yeah. So we was Walls, so you get school. pushed, you hit a wall. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But they had it padded. It wasn't that, uh, it was a little modern. It was a pad. <laughs> so it start, I started started off playing there when I was about uh, 17, going into my senior year. Okay. Played my first season there. And then, you know, with like all the rules and everything like that, I couldn't play while I was in college. But after I graduated, I, that's where I would go play my summer hoops. And then it, and then it just took off. And they had to get a bigger location. And, um, you know, it truly, really blew up when it was, um, in my opinion, it, like nationally it blew up because it was always the truly. Like that's where you would play. Yeah. That's where everybody would go play when you back home. 
turned national with that year, that lockout year. I'm not. What, what That's year right. was that? Uh, NBA, like two, between 2009, 2012. It was yes, that's what I was gonna, Exact. That year, yeah, but that's had. That's when you had the memorable KD threw that shit off the glass and dunked that shit. He was playing with uh, the game team. Yep. Um, but uh, so when that that uh that took off, I was playing for a team, LA Unified, that uh we had formed. Me and a couple uh, high school buddies. Well, actually, Barry Davis. He the found. He's the founder of it. You know, uh, he's the basketball godfather in LA. You know, he's the one guy that uh. I mean, you know, a lot of guys do it, but he, he sticks out as far as keeping keep in touch with the youth. Yep. Keeping uh, inviting a guy like me who had no NBA ties over to his house with my younger brothers to be able to go break bread with uh, his family and just see what, it, what it's like to live as an NBA player. Like, he wasn't like Hollywood. Like, he was still the same him in the master environment. And how old were you when, when that happened? When that happened, I was uh, I was just out of, I was just out of college. Okay. So, for my for my younger brothers, that was huge for them to see that and be able to hang. Because I used to take those guys everywhere I go and let them come hoop with me as well. You know, you know what I'm saying? So for them to see that, that really helped kickstart their journey also. Is that how you got them in touch with Shea Cotton, who was a guest on here before as well? Nah, they got in touch with Shea Cotton. Because of St. John Bosco? Because St. John Bosco. So I, Isaac and Daniel um, left Crenshaw. They left Crenshaw. I, uh, Daniel... Freshman year, Isaac sophomore year, they left Crenshaw and went to uh, St. John Bosco. And it was like, this is a move that you make not to play against competition, but just you're good enough to just, you want to bring notoriety to somewhere. But they went to go play at that school, which was, they, which had nothing going on with another football school. Yep. And then they ended up type of situation, 5A state championship. So Damn. they got him through that. So that was his uh, former, that was his former school. Which he, his own mater was modern day, yep. which is the move for them at the time. That's where uh, it was. It was my brothers, Daniel and uh, Isaac, and, and modern day at the time had um, Stanley Johnson. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he got in contact through uh, got in contact some connections through that. Yep. Okay. Um, but I had an uh, opportunity to work out with Shay a few times uh, during that period, right? Right when he was making a documentary. Yep. Documentary, so I was able to go see, and my brothers was getting in there with him and everything like that. So actually, yeah, you guys are in the doc. Yeah, or well, they were. Yeah, they were. Younger uh, yeah, I remember um, they were in it quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I was talking about, like, we were talking about um, Jordan, and like, you know, maybe being disappointed when he headed over to Europe. That's kind of how Shea was. Like his whole career, he was just. Oh, okay. Yeah. He felt out like, of place I, there, you know. Especially from what you're not expecting. But I think uh, that could that could be a reason why you fall out of love with basketball. But I think we just love basketball so much, like it's just a part of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we gotta go make that trip to go play somewhere else, then they gotta go play somewhere else. And you know, uh, I think it's better now with technology. It makes it easier. Back when he, when he had to do it, you know, he probably was sending like just emails and letters and shit. But now, look, we talking on the phone, like, you know, yeah. like on some futuristic type. It's not as advanced as we thought it would be, but it makes it makes it much easier for sure. Thinking about my first year out compared to where I'm at now, it makes it much more easier to be able to just talk to. I, I, can, I used to can go a week without talking to my mom or my parents. Now we talk every day rather than it's just a text or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because so, it's free. Exactly. That's one thing. 
did. So times has changed and it made it easier and you don't feel that much uh you don't feel that far apart. I'll tell you basketball connects people in in a in a great way because every single friend I made at UM was through basketball and I didn't even play basketball at UM, but it was wellness center basketball, it was intramural basketball, it was guys on the basketball team that you know like Whatever it was, every friend I still have is because of basketball at UM. Yeah, man, basketball took me around the world, and I'm appreciate. I'm appreciative of it for sure, for sure, man. I've been having some great times because of basketball. You know what I'm saying? It brought me a family. That's if it wasn't for basketball, you know what I mean? Exactly. My family, my family is. I mean, it so. drastically changed your life. Like, look, look where you live. You know. <laughs> exactly, for sure, for sure. So people ask me all the time. They say, "Why do you?" Are you going to stay in Miami? You like living in Miami. I have no family here. And I'm like, they're like, what's your reason? Why do you love Miami? Because I don't party anymore. I'm not really clubbing, doing none of that stuff. Why do you love Miami? And it's like, well, the weather, number one. And number two is the pickup game I play in on Sundays. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'll be able to find that anywhere else. You know, like right, right. the yeah, access yeah. I have to that and the guys I play with. And it's like, that's one of the oh. things in my life that brings me joy. That's like my. Oh, yeah, exactly. Got to keep your sanity. Yeah. Are you guys, guys still able to play with like COVID and stuff? The gym's still open. So that brought it shut down. Yep. Yeah. That's another thing. Like everything's, is every aspect of my life has been affected. Damn. We yeah. tried playing once and then the net, we played in like April or May or something. And then they sent out an email to, the group and they were like, yo, we can't do it anymore. Somebody in the group has COVID now. And it was like, oh, that's that, you know? That's that, yeah. Damn. Yep. And how much you try to avoid it? Because I, uh, damn near my whole family got hit with that shit too. And that was, at the time, I was at the crib uh, this past summer. I was at home June, June and July. Because I tried to come back. That's like, right. Prior to, me get, prior to me getting my passport, like, I was in the process of it, and paperwork was going through, but I didn't have it all the way yet. So, I was on a, I was on that 11-hour flight to get back to the crib to finish the paperwork. So, I come back to Japan, they like, what was the reason that you left? And I was like, oh, no, I got a, uh, I got, I got permanent residency. Like, I, I still had the residency, but I wasn't a, I wasn't a national yet. Yeah, yeah. Had an actual passport, you was good, but just the residency wasn't enough. And it was like, nah, uh, follow this gate, and you have to go back on this star last uh, plane going back to America. You got to get on now. So I entered and exited. That was like one of the worst travel days of my life. And I was, damn, and it was like, there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you can tell us. There's like, you, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can tell us. Get your ass on this plane right now. So how much longer did it take to get the paperwork you needed? Man, so I ended up going back home for like about two or three more weeks, and they and they actually end up opening up the borders for uh, spouse spousal residents is the one I had. So they was like, all right, this one is good enough. And okay. then when I got I got back, I got back into August. So September, October, so three months later, I ended up getting finalized in November the uh, paperwork. Uh, ended up coming through, so I had like offers and teams wanted to sign me, and I and I played for a team like temporarily because you know they were signing guys, but guys couldn't get over here. So I started off the season playing on the team temporarily until guys got here, but I didn't want to sign a full contract knowing that my paperwork was. Long. 
because I would have had to, I would have had signed a contract as an American, and nobody wanted to give me a contract as an American and renegotiate my contract Japanese. Right. No team wants to do it, so I was just like, I just wait. So that's what. And my brother was playing, and um, I was able to catch a lot of his games early when he first got in for like about a month or two, and then uh, you know, so everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out. That's wild. Uh huh. Before we. And that 11, 11 hours there. And then, so I, I went from LAX to Japan, which is 11 hours. So that was like, our last fight is going to Newark. So I had to go all the way to Newark, connect me back to LA. So, oh. I, spent, so I had a 36-hour travel day that day. It was rough. That's brutal. And and that's exposing you to more COVID and everything. Like. It, rough. Oh. It was rough. And then when I came back, uh, my sister had got hit with the COVID. And then my parents had got hit with COVID. So usually, you know, I'll stay at my parents' house uh, when I go visit and everything like that. But they, I was like, nah, I went to the hotel. I had to go stay in the hotel. And then so I went that 36 hours and then had to go uh, check in the hotel. Everybody's healthy now? No, everybody's good. Yeah, luckily they was able to get in and out of it. Everybody, yep. They got hit hard, but one other thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, I think he was a friend of yours, Day Day Smooth. Day Day, rest in peace, man. Yeah, what happened there? Yeah, they say he had a heart attack. He, we was about the same age. He's thirty six. He was around thirty five, thirty six years old, and man, they say he had a heart attack. He's a, a Drew League guy, right? Truly, truly legend. Like he was one of those guys that, at the position that he played, that's the position that the country holds. Like you know, any country you go to, everybody's gonna have majority guards just because size. That you know, the turning factor. But this guy was a six four, athletic, smooth. That's day day smooth. Six four, athletic, smooth dog. He worked hard. He was like the Frank Nitty before Frank Nitty. Yep. The kind of. Their kind of fans. He was like a bigger. He was like a bigger Frank Nitty in my in my comparison. No disrespect to uh, either one of those guys because I like both, both of their games. Like yeah, that, yeah. That, to me, a compliment. But he just ain't. He just didn't have a chance to go viral like Frank Nitty did. You know. So yeah, man. Rest in peace to him. But uh, but yeah, thirties, mid thirty, mid thirties uh, with a heart attack. That's tough. I I had uh, some crazy hot stuff going on in my mid twenties. I had heart surgery, so like I know I was fainting on the court and stuff like that. So yeah, I know wild. what it's like. It's scary. Yeah, that is wild. That is wild. Yeah, he had a chance to. Uh, we had a chance to hang out in 2015. The Drew League came to Japan, and I was playing in Osaka at the time. Really. They helped the uh, so they played the Drew League All Stars versus my team actually, and so he had came out. You know, I know a bunch of those guys on that team, and I was able to take them out. But I uh, had a few drinks and shit while we was out in Osaka, so I was able to spend that kind of uh, time with him before his uh, passing. So that's cool. You know, yeah, that's real cool. Yep. We're gonna slide over to the keeping it a hundo segment now. I'm gonna ask you some questions I've already drawn out. Mustard out. Here we go. Yep. Favorite spot to hang out at when you were at UM? Where we used to hang out at? I mean, I, I would say just, I say just the apartments, hanging out with each other. The campus apartments. Yeah, I mean, outside of going to um, 
I used to like going to the Grove. Uh, sandbar was fun. Yeah, yeah. That was like, like going outside. That's the one. That's the one bar, like actual name that I remember. But I and I remember it was a good time. But outside of going out and hanging out, like just the camaraderie we had between each other, hanging out, keeping each other company was probably the most fun. But for sure, I the, I like the Grove. I, I don't pick the Grove over the beach, but it was just it was just right there. Exactly. Nobody goes to the Grove anymore. Yeah. Oh, really? It's yeah. not a thing. They had a nice brunch spot there, though. Uh, the, what's it called? Green what's Street. Green Street. Okay. Yeah, that's the one with the, uh, they got the red velvet pancakes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, but I like hanging out in the Grove. Yeah, the Grove was fun. The Grove used to be fun. Especially around, my favorite time of the year, too, around that time was uh, Halloween. Oh, it gets cracking oh, there. Coconut Grove, uh, Halloween, and Coconut Grove. You, can, you don't have to go in nowhere. You can just go on the street. Yeah, just street. roam the streets. Uh huh. You remember the traffic going into the Grove? How it was uh-huh. just like bumper to bumper. It's not like yeah. that ever anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it's just open. Yeah. It's like, well, it's just like Brickle. It got something. It's something in Brickle now. Brickle so, and Wynwood. You know about Wynwood? Wynwood. Yeah. Uh huh. So there's like so much going on. Like so many places to go now that weren't didn't exist when we were there. Yeah, that's crazy. Here we go. Next, next, next question. Uh, most underrated player you played with at UM. Man, I say my roommate, my senior, Ann Harris, he was dead nice. I remember him, couple, yeah. He had, he had a couple of neat situations, but this kid was six one, explosive, built like an action figure. I mean, he had game, man. Did a he real, go back real, to Chicago to, like, DePaul or something? No, that was Karan. Karan, but Ann Harris is from Chicago. But where did he go to school after UM? Because he didn't stay at UM, did he? Stayed at UM. Oh, he did. And four years at UM. But okay. Partner Ron did two, two years or one year at UM and traded, uh, and then uh, left and went to DePaul. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. But not and, and Harris. He he did uh, four years. He was a he was a point guard man, yep. and he was dead nice, dead nice. I lo- loved his game, loved his game. He was hard work, work ethic. But I say a couple of uh, injuries. And probably just with that confidence, you know, like you said, uh, a guy that ended up being uh, Frank Hafe didn't recruit him. He was a, a Perry Clark uh, product. So, yep. you know how that go. I mean, they, they relied on him. They relied on him heavily because at the time that was one of the only point guards that we had. And he was solid. But, but at, and at that time, we had Guillermo Diaz and Rob Hyde, too. Two guys that eventually went on a play to the, in the NBA. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, he was help anchoring them to what they was doing. But I definitely think he should have had a shot, and he didn't get his shot. So yeah, Ant was, was nice. I remember Ant. Yeah, that'd be my underrated guy. I like that one. Uh huh. Where does uh, where's Lurchy come from? Who's Lurchy? Lurchy. So my uh, freshman year of high school, I'm about my freshman year of high school. I'm like six four, two forty. So I and at that time six four five. I'm six nine now, so I'm short and chubby. In my frame, you talking uh, Adams family lurch? Yeah, I'm giving you the story right now. Six four, six five, Chevy. My sophomore year, I come and I'm playing football this time. I, I don't, I ain't never played organized basketball. In my life. What position were you playing in football? I was playing, uh, I was playing tight end, offensive tackle, and defensive tackle. Yeah. My sophomore year, come in six eight two twenty. <laughs> 
the stand, I was like a totally different person. In a, in a, within a year, I just turned to a totally different person. And then my homeboy, uh, Troy Cabral, TC, he, uh, he just, we just always just, uh, just bag on each other. Like we used to always joke with each other all the time. And he was a little short, five eight. I used to call him Master Splinter. He looked like a rat. He looked like a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like, "I know you ain't talking." He was like, "Shut your lurch looking ass up." And just he just walked around the whole day, just calling me lurch for a day, and then it just stuck. And then it just stuck, and it stuck with me all through high school. And then once I got a little. Uh, Savvy to myself, a little swag, you know what I'm saying? I put the Y on it for the ladies. And I was, <laughs> and then it was like, and so like people used to like literally just come, like, like people from high school, like girls from high school used to come up to me, like, aren't you Lurch from high school? You know, uh, like I said, I went from 6'4 to 6'8. Aren't you Lurch from junior high school? And I, that wasn't me at the time, but know me as Lurch. And then I just be like, yeah, Lurch with a Y. I was like, Lurch with a Y. And I said, okay, that's what it was just lurching. <laughs> Swaggy. It was from it was from the Adams family. Slew foot, tall. Yeah. I I went I grew up with a kid we everybody called Lurch. Oh, okay. Yep. Six five, hunchback. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh okay. give me the give me your Lakers all time starting five. Who you got oh, okay. at each position. Coming from a Boston guy, he asked me about the Lakers. That's funny. Well yeah, you're an LA guy. Uh-huh. You a fan? Nah, definitely not. I watched that that Celtics Lakers game last night. Uh huh. That ended terribly. What's up with your man Kemba? Off Man, Kemba, Kemba. I'm. I kind of wish we could have figured out a way to trade him or something. You know what? And I tell people all the time. I was like, that's the karma for what they did to Isaiah. I know. I know. That's that karma. I know. That's all that is. I felt bad about that move. It was the right move, but. It was the right move, but you gotta do. You gotta honor him. Basketball so wise, it was the right move, but people wise, it wasn't. He was up for that, man. And what he went through that year too, it was a whole lot of dynamics. But I'm gonna go Magic for sure. Yeah. Favorite player of all time, and that's why I passed what I do. You know, I ain't watched him much as a kid because I didn't really watch a lot of basketball as I wasn't a fan. But I used to go back and I went back and watched a lot of that shit. You're like the same size as him. Magic is hard. Magic hard. He's tough. I watched a lot of them growing uh, up. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the big guard. Like, I, I always wanted to be a guard. You know how big men are. I always wanted to dribble and do all that. I was, I'm a fan of the big guards. So yep. That, this is almost an easy question, like, really. But I go, I'm going to go on Magic, Kobe, for sure. Kobe. Backcourt's easy. Yeah. Magic and Kobe was easy. And I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go off brand. And from what I like, I say unpopular opinion, and he didn't play three, but I'm putting him at three. I'm going Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones was hard. I mean, you're just leaving out some old people who you didn't see play. Exactly. That, that's what I'm. And that's what I'm. But that, I want your team, though. I want your team. Right. Exactly. So I'm going Magic, Kobe. I'm going Eddie. Pompano Beach, Eddie. From <laughs> Pompano. He, he, yeah, he used to be out there with my man D. Wright out in Miami. Yep. Damn, who I'm going with at the four? Oh, I'm going Kareem and Shaq. I know. It's tough to leave one of them out. Yeah, it's tough to leave either of them out. And it's like, we had some fours come through. I'm, I'm a big Lamar Odom fan. Yep. Fuck with L.O. Big passing guy. I like uh, Gasol, another big passing you leaving guy. Out, you leaving out Jerry West, Elgin Jay- Baylor, and James yeah. Worthy. Yeah, those guys that I did 
didn't see. I didn't see it. Yep. I didn't see it. Yeah. And you know, Big Game James came and spoke at my uh, fifth grade graduation. That's, that's real cool. But uh, you know who else? Who, who's, who's like six, my six man got to be Nick the Quick. I was going to say Van Exel because he can't stop in that backcourt. But That's when I first started like watching basketball. He was hard too. He was a lefty. He was hard. I like Nick. Loved Van his game. This one might be tough. I don't know because I didn't realize you did three years at Crenshaw. I did some. I did a lot more Dorsey uh, research. Okay. Top five Dorsey alumni. Oh yeah. There's some great. Not even. They don't even have to be athletes. Just people. Oh, I found man. some amazing ones. You found some amazing ones. I mean, I ain't been paying attention. You might not even know. Yeah, because I am. I graduated from Dorsey, but I'm a cougar at heart. Yeah. I'm Crenshaw I didn't realize guy. how deep your Crenshaw was. Yeah, cause my, and both of my parents went to Crenshaw. Like, all my uh, older siblings went to Crenshaw. Maxine Waters went to Dorsey. She wasn't on the list. Okay. So, I'm going to go Keyshawn. Yeah. Johnson. Off the door. I'm going to go DJ Mustard. Yeah. DJ Mustard is on there for sure. I'm going to go my assistant coach, James Wilkes. He went to UCLA. I saw him on the he, list. For the Bulls for a little bit. Yep. Wait, was he related to Jamal Wilkes? Was no, I don't know. He wasn't related to Jamal. Oh, you know what? You know who he related to? His brother is uh, his brother is Kawhi Leonard's uncle. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That Wilkes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go with him. James Wilkes. The other one's giving the Clippers a headache. Uh-huh. That that uncle. <laughs> uh, I took his uh, daughter to prom. She was and they was from Vegas. She was a nice uh, volleyball player, about six foot. Okay. Tall. You like them oh. tall ones? Yeah, I like. I'm a leg guy. I'm a leg guy for sure. Um, what's that? Three. Yep. Just because you said people, and I ain't gonna hold you. I'm gonna go with my head coach because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have passed that SAT. What's his and name? I'm gonna go with my, uh, uh, Arthur Kevin Gibson. And his uh, son is an assistant coach. Shout out my boy Drew. He's assistant coach for Army uh, or Navy. Navy. He's Navy basketball. Coach. Yeah, he's assistant coach at uh, Navy. And um, I'm gonna go with myself, man. Fuck it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, these, this is who you left off. Here we go. Jody Watley from Shalimar. Watley. Wow. Sparky Anderson. You know Sparky Anderson. Uh, I knew Jody, but who was Sparky? He was like uh, a World Series winning manager when I was a kid. Oh, shit. He managed like the ti- the, the Reds and the Tigers. Oh, wow. Bunch of big teams. Um, Robert Kardashian. That whole petting zoo called Kardashian uh-huh. started at Dorsey High. Started at Dorsey High. Dude wow. who, re- who represented OJ. Wow. We got Mike Love from the Beach Boys. Kevin Love's uncle. Uncle, yep, that is Kevin Love. We got playing Sunday in the Super Bowl, Jaden Mickens. Okay. Kick returner. Yeah. A baseball player. When I was a kid, he started doing the breaking the bat over the knee before Bo Jackson did it. Chili Davis. Chili Davis was a Dorsey. Chili Davis. Damn. That's a good one. Oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. I I got more. Oh, that's a good trivia question right there. We got Judge Joe Brown. 
Joe, I did, and I knew Judge Joe Brown was a, <laughs> I knew that. See, I just needed time to think about that one. Okay. Freeway, Ricky Ross. Ricky Ross. Tennis star at Dorsey High. He grew up in the jungles. You're right about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we're going to close it out with a shout-out to my boy, Yanni the Handyman. His baby mama, Jessica Chacon, went to Dorsey High. You don't know her, but I do. Wow. Okay. But uh, I think the most surprising on that list is definitely the Kardashian. The yeah, it's Pops. a diverse group. Diverse yeah. group. Uh-huh. You know, they was holding the... Um, what, what, what's, what's those... Uh, they was holding, uh, you know, before, uh, like, during all the war movement time, they was holding, uh, Dorsey also another uh, trivia is they was, they used to hold Dorsey as a uh, as a uh, refugee camp for the Japanese. Really? They, yep, that's where the Japanese refugee, they uh, set up, and it was at Dorsey. It was at my school. I know what I was going to ask you about, Dorsey. Um, it's kind of like in that South L.A. area, like Baldwin Hills and... Ladera Heights. Tell me about Ladera Heights. They call it like the Black Beverly Hills and all that. Beverly Hills. Ladera, Ladera, Baldwin. It's it's just nice, man. You go up a hill, you drive it down, uh, you can go up Vernon. You can go up Vernon past past Crenshaw, and it's a hill. And it's a hill you go up to, and it overlooks. It overlooks Los Angeles, and you can see the city from there. And it got really nice houses, really nice houses that go, that dates back to Oh, oh, uh, black money. Back to that, uh, back to the Renaissance times, for real. You just, you just made me think of something else. So I, I read this book and it's about the great migration and everybody moving from the South to the North and the West and like trying to, you know, move where there's, where there's industry and jobs and things moving out of the South, um, after, uh, slavery and Jim Crow and all that. Uh huh. Your people. Let me guess. They're from either Texas or Louisiana, right? Bro, my my dad mom is from uh, Peoples is from Louisiana, and my dad's dad Peoples from Texas. Yeah, I knew that. I, Just from reading that book, I knew that. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. What's it called? The Great Migration. The book is called um, "The Warmth of Other Suns." Oh, okay. That's and it's nice it's it's called like the the epic story of the Great Migration or something is the the tagline. It's amazing okay. though. Like it it takes it follows this guy named uh, Doctor Foster from um, Monroe, Louisiana, and he drives to L.A. to be a doctor out there, and his oh, whole okay. story about how he had to get out there. And he he ended up being like. Uh, a real cool dude out there. He was like Ray Charles' doctor, and like he had like celebrity oh. clientele and all that. Yeah, yeah. Some old black LA money, you know. I, I like, and I, I, I gotta look into that book. I might have you text it to me later because I just, I just like that time watching documentaries and reading books. When that, yeah. So I was, uh, I just recently read a book about uh, Cain and Abel. It's not the traditional Bible story. It was about a, a Polish guy. Um, who uh, migrated from Poland and when he went through hell and ended up coming over to uh, U.S. to the U.S. and uh, end up owning some um, hotels, owning some hotels, and about a, another. And then Kane was the uh, banker, another guy who was a banker who uh, had uh, came from money, had a whole bunch of money. So Abel ended up having the daughter, and then Kane ended up having a son, and then they hated, they end up hating each other, and then their their children end up uh, marrying each other. What? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good. Hold on, hold on. So they were brothers. Cain and Abel. No, they, they weren't. They weren't brothers. They oh, weren't they brothers. weren't brothers. No, just their their names. One was Cain and one was. Abel. Those were really their names. Yeah, that, but it's not. It's not a true story. Oh, oh, okay. It was a novel. Yeah, it's a novel. Okay. But it was, and it was, and it took place in that time period. Was my point. It, okay. That time period. Yeah. So I just, I just like that time period. So, but that you, story sounds. You would love this stuff. Yeah. I'll send it over to you. I'm actually reading that same author's uh, other next book right now. Okay. Have you met Bob Sapp? Bob Sapp. Why is that name familiar? He's famous in Japan. He's that big fighter dude. He's a he's a, he's like a 400 pound ripped. Uh, he does oh, like boxing and uh, UFC and all that stuff. Yeah. I've, I've never met him, but I've, I've definitely seen him. You know what Don Quixote is? Say it again. Don Quixote. It's a store. Don, Don Quixote. It's, it's like a store. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, like a Walmart, I'll say. Yep. Something. That, yeah, he got like a lot of posts. It's, it's a lot of posters of him. And, uh, you know, they uh, like we was talking about earlier how about how like marijuana stuff was illegal out here. But they're introducing like CBD, like healing oils and stuff like that. So he's promoting a lot of that. Okay. Uh, I was wondering why that name sound familiar. But, yeah, he's definitely doing a lot of that promotion. Yeah. Okay. Have you met Nip? Nipsey Hustle? Man, I did meet Nipsey Hustle at the gas station where he uh, on uh, Crenshaw Slauson. I was outside of a gas station. This was several years ago, and uh, my story with Nip was I was getting out, getting gas, and he was right there, and we was just chopping it up, and he was telling me, and at the time, it was probably my third year in Japan, and he was just telling me how um, how he used to come and do shows in Japan, how he loved Japan. I actually wanted a, a local artist in um, L.A., a J305. He, uh, he's a rapper from L.A., and um, like they had a really, really cool relationship, so... Uh, Another time I was around with him. He went to Dorsey, actually, another alumni you can put on that list. But who J three oh five? J three oh five, yeah. He uh that's funny that he got the uh we had a close relationship because I ended up going to Miami and he was from Miami. Like he was he got uh Jamaican ties from Miami, but okay. he was born in Los Angeles. I'm like, Well what what's the three oh five for? He was like, I got people down in Miami. It's uh I mean the name is kinda catchy, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, it is. There. And he, but he was a uh, him and Nip had a real cool relationship, and I was able to uh, hang around him through that just in passing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But that was my one story that I did. I have met Nip at the gas station and chopped it up with him for a bit about how he likes to uh, used to like to come and do shows in um, Japan and everything like that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Big big fan of his. I was I was on his stuff for a while. I went to one of his shows in Miami, and uh, oh, okay. at some little spot like walking distance from my Girl, crib, just. Walk- yeah, it's small, you know, probably a hundred people there. He probably didn't go on till about three thirty a.m. Oh, damn. I was waiting all night for him. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah, that's a, that's priceless right there. That was a priceless experience right there. Yep. To be able to see that. Ramen or sushi? Ramen for sure. All right. I'm gonna go. You like I'm your food big, cooked? I don't really like seaweed. Nah. Nah, I'm not a fan. That uh, that's- you don't like that seaweed salad? Nah, I'm cool. I eat all that. I like that. Uh, starting five, best players to come out of L.A. Mm, that's tough. And, it's, and I'm rooting for everybody coming out of L.A. right now. I'm going to start this off with a guy from L.A. I just hated the team he played for, but he's an L.A. guy. And you got to respect his game. I already know what you're going to say. The truth. He's a lot of flat. The he's truth. Flat right now for his color commentary. But I'm definitely rolling with the truth at the three. 
I'm going uh, Barry. I'm going BD. Like I said, he the Godfather of LA. And, Love this team. Know, having, having that uh, acquaintance with him, just knowing him for sure, for sure. Crossroads. At the two right now, I really, really like what your man Harden is doing. Yep. Gotta go with Harden. He wouldn't make so, my list, but. I'm gonna go BD, Harden, Cares. Small ball is a thing right now. And I'm gonna go with. Uh, I like Trevor at the four. Fuck it. Ooh. For a reason at the four. Dominguez? Uh, no, Westchester. Oh, Westchester. Westchester. That's right. That's right. And then, but we can go to Dominguez and I throw Tyson at the five. You got to throw him in there? I throw Tyson at the five. I'm out here disrespecting my brother like I ain't got no brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but with the, I'm, that's, that's bias. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm excluding them. But, yeah, I'll take that five. Speaking of brothers, my two favorite L.A. basketball players are Charles and Ed O'Bannon. And you know what? They had a nice oh, – one of them had a nice over here for a minute. Really? I didn't know. One of them was over here actually playing for Toyota, and I think he uh, – one of them is a high school – the dark-skinned ball head one. That's Ed. And so uh, he was over here for a minute playing for Toyota team, and I believe he's back in California working for Toyota. Uh, yes, I think he was doing that in Vegas. And then he went over okay. back to Cali. Yeah, okay. So, which could possibly be true, but, but just goes to my point of saying, uh, like, when I was looking at my future and ended up saying that I wanted to stay here in Japan, it was on some shit. Like, I see a future here. Like, they take care of you. Like, even outside of basketball. You know what I'm saying? If they really like you and gravitate to you, you will have a situation where you can go do, like, something like that, work for Toyota in another country. That, sound like, is, that sounds like a real cool relationship they have with their players. Top five rappers out of L.A. Man, I'm going off top. I'm going Nip, and I like Dom. Dom Kennedy mm-hmm. is my guy. Most of the times, you would ask me this question, California. So, shout out to the Bay Area, but we doing Yeah, Bay Area. You got enough in L.A. I like Nip, Dom. I'm going to go old school. I like Quick, DJ Quick. I like Sugar Free. He be talking that parent shit. Damn, yeah. I haven't listened to him in Sugar a while. Sugar Free or... Let me see who a good female artist. Man, I'm I'm a toss up between Cube and Ice T. Ice T went to Crenshaw. Cube grew up in the city. I, I'm gonna say Ice Cube. I'm gonna say Ice Cube. Honorable. I was gonna I say like it's Ice tough Cube. to have a list without one NWA member. Oh yeah, no, nah, most so, definitely. NWA. Definitely. Yeah, Cube. Uh, if you could only listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Damn, you just put me on the spot with all that LA. West Coast because I'm gonna go all the way to New York and it gotta be a Jay Z album. For I knew sure. that was coming. It's just a matter of which one. Jay Z album, man. You seem like a maybe a Blueprint guy. Do like Blueprint? I like the life and something. I like that volume three. Uh, you right. You hit the nail in the head with the Blueprint, bro. I go with the Blueprint. What would you have said as a teenager if someone told you you'd be living in Japan at age 35 or 36? I'd say get the hell out of here. Ain't no way. Ain't no way I've seen it. Mind-blowing, right? Because, you know, when you you think about, even just thinking about, all right, I'm not going to have an NBA career. I was thinking, like, I'm going to have a a career in basketball. You know, overseas, when when I'm thinking overseas, just so small I was thinking I was just like literally thinking Europe yeah. only Europe yep. I'm, I'm thinking Europe so there's no way I'm, I, that Asia even crossed my mind well even all. like loving basketball puts that in your head like right. she goes I mean, over and plays in Italy and 
any any anything overseas basketball is portrayed as it's portrayed in Europe for yep. sure. For sure. That I just think it's like such a, a dope thing that you're doing and experience you're having. It's the last guy I had on my podcast. He's uh he's a retired NBA player named Mike Bradley and he's living in Costa Rica and you know, basketball he didn't play basketball in Costa Rica, but basketball just like brings you around the world and exposes you to stuff and eat some stuff and you be like, All right, damn, I can see myself living here for sure. Yeah. It's cool. For sure. Um, where do you think you'll be living in ten years? In ten years? In ten years, I see myself in between, in between America and Japan. I say that because if I'm, I got two daughters and I'm done. But if they want to do anything like sports related and take it serious, I would want them definitely to have a college experience, American college. I don't like. I don't want to do college here. I mean, it's just. I mean, compared to how I had college, I don't want college to have to be as hard or as. You know, well, they don't. Well, they don't do sports in college there either. That's no, like a different thing. They, they do sports in college, but it's not. It's not big. Like it's it, not to it's go like, pro. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if they want to say something serious, then I definitely want them to have like a few years of high school in um, America to get them ready for sure. I got two more for you. These are the two I ask everybody: top five rappers. Top five rappers. Yeah, I'm going. Biggie, Jay Z, Pop, Biggie, Jay Z, Pop, Nas, M, M, Eminem, Eminem. Those yeah. are like most of those are on ninety percent of the list. Yeah, gotta be, gotta be. Yeah, those are those are solid. Um, Death Row meal. Afro meal, man. If I could only eat one meal, and I'm going, man. I'm I'm eating some tacos, bro. It's <laughs> all set over. If I'm gonna go out, I'm going out. Let me go ahead and get about six tacos. Six tacos. My, my mama could make them too. Homemade tacos from my mom. Homemade tacos from. I was gonna ask you, taco truck or where are we getting them? I take my mom's tacos. Okay. Like steak. What are, you got a preference? I like her steak, but she do a good ground turkey too. Okay. Uh huh. Hot sauce. One thing: hot sauce, ketchup. People that's ketchup. Popular, yeah, that's not a popular thing. I put we put nah. hot sauce and ketchup on our tacos. Nah, I, nah, nah. That's only for like Mitch, like ground ground beef, ground turkey. Where I, where I use the ketchup because it's like like burgery. Like, okay, you know, I see what you're saying. Like putting it on a burger. Like, Taco, like a like chicken taco or like a starter or steak or something like that. I'm, I need salt. Okay. Yeah, I need some straight like people to die or something like that. All yeah. right, now you're talking. Uh, yeah. What about, what are you drinking with it? Well, I take a margarita. Okay, you stay in Mexican. Yeah, I'm staying Mexican. Just because my favorite drink is Hennessy, but I can't eat and drink. I can't eat and drink Hennessy. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Yeah, so I go with a margarita for sure. All right. Cadillac, Cadillac margarita. Yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. That's yeah. it, man. We done. Yes, sir, man. It was a pleasure having me on, man. Appreciate it. Good catching up with you, my boy. I had a great time. I Absolutely. Great time. My I, second time doing the podcast, but this was definitely fun. Is it really? Who'd you do it with before? I did it with my uh, girl, Miko Grimes. 
Uh-huh. Wait, how do I know her? Who's that? Uh, her uh, husband played for the uh, Dolphins for a minute. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know her. I know who she is, though, yeah. She's from L.A. So Brent Grimes. Yeah, Brent Grimes. Uh, yeah, Brent Grimes' wife. Well, look, when everything gets back to normal, I'm definitely coming back to Japan, so. Oh, most definitely. I'm definitely going to be here. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that, like, you know, I hit you ahead of time this time. Last time I was there, for the listeners, last time I was there. He was out of the way. I was able to uh, catch up with uh, Justin Cam. He was, like, our video coordinator. Came out here, and he gave me the best up. So just let me know. I'll definitely pull up with Absolutely. That'd be dope. Yep, yep. All right, man. Enjoy your day off. I appreciate it. I'm about to go ahead and grab me some more of this whiskey and enjoy the rest of this day, bro. I get with you, man. Stay healthy, stay safe, and it was a pleasure. No doubt. I'll let I'll let you know when I'm gonna post it and all that stuff. All right, most definitely. Cause I have to get my parents on. They want they gonna want to listen to all that. Yes, sir. All right, bro, bro. All right, G, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> that guy said Dinglish. Anybody who's traveled overseas knows how to speak Dinglish. It can definitely come in handy. Gary Hamilton, what's not to like? He seems to be loving life right now, and I admire that. One thing we didn't get into was the numbers he's putting up over there. Gary's doing work. He's in the league leaders in assists. He's been a triple-double machine over the years, and he's one of the top players in the league over there. So he's not just over there sitting on the bench. He's actually putting in work. And this is a 6'10 guy. This is this is a skilled big. Couple fact checks. A um, few mistakes were made in the recording of this podcast. He said Crenshaw to Dorsey was only 10 miles. It's actually two and a half miles. Closer than he thought. When he referred to his time in Uruguay and we were discussing the capital city of Montevideo, he referred to it as many of us have at some point in our lives, Montevideo, which I definitely called it when I first saw it in uh, geography class, Montevideo, but it's definitely Montevideo. I just didn't have the heart to correct him. Also, when we were discussing whiskey, Johnny Walker was referred to as a U.S. whiskey. It's actually a scotch. It's from Scotland. And when we were discussing Dorsey High, he thought maybe Maxine Waters went there. She actually went to high school in St. Louis. She's been repping hard for South Central and a a vital member of Congress for years. But how about her high school, Vashon High School in St. Louis? Former NBA player Anthony Bonner, who led the country in scoring and rebounding when he was in college. You got the famous singer Donnie Hathaway. New York Yankee great Elston Howard, the catcher. Leon and Michael Spinks, the boxers, fought Ali and Tyson. Leon Spinks actually beat Ali, but his son Michael Spinks got the shit beat out of him by by Iron Mike. That's enough about Maxine Waters uh, and her old high school. A lot of international flavor on keeping it a hundo the last couple episodes. We have Mike Bradley in Costa Rica. Now we had G-Baby out in Japan. I like keeping it international. This is my only way of experiencing life outside the U.S. right now since travel is so limited. And if you're still listening, I appreciate you making it to the end of this thing. If you could rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
you just scroll down, click the five stars and leave a comment. You don't have to say much. I appreciate it. Please download and subscribe and thank you again for listening. Until next time, I'm Matty Hundo.